Welcome to the Fitz Group Podcast for its members and our community at large. Our desire is to create a connection with our audience, communicate through seasons of transition, and empower you to make your business all you dreamed it would be. Join us now for the next episode of the story that will be told with our hosts, Fitz and Heather. Hey, welcome back. If you're just joining us, we are doing a series on focus. Uh, hopefully you've watched uh, previous conversations about focus. And uh, today we're continuing on talking about making strategic decisions. Making strategic decisions. When it comes to focus, it's important that your decisions that you're making are strategic. That you're not just making decisions just to make decisions, but in, it, you're not just doing things just to do things. Like we talked about, you know, appearing busy, but instead you're making those decisions for the right reasons and uh, with the right intentionality behind it of what you're expecting to get out of it. So the first question, uh, when it comes to our business, a lot of uh, people building their agency uh, want to know, you know, I, I, just, I just hired an agent that's in I don't know, Alaska. I'm trying to find some random. So somebody watching this on our team is like, not like, he's talking about me. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about Alaska. Okay, let's, I hired an agent in Alaska, Fitz. When, do I, when should I go see them? First of all, it is important that you go see agents. It's important that you spend time with them, relate with them. We talk about um, breaking bread uh, with agents. You know, there, there is, there is a, a power in, in podcasts. There's a power in Zoom meetings. But, you know, um, you, you don't build a relationship through a computer screen. You've got to be in person. Long-term relationships. How many times do we hear that? Long-distance relationships don't last. Uh, and so it's important that you do go see um, that agent, that you go invest in them, or maybe you invest in them coming to see you. And the question is, how do you make the decision of when to do that? Well, look, the, before you get really confident in your ability to decide when to go see them, you need to be checking with somebody who has some experience. And I'll just give this general answer. Um, they, they say that uh, uh, these experts in forged uh, bills, you know, $20 bill, $100 bill, the experts in the forged bills, they're not experts in all the different ways that this can be forged. They're experts in what the real thing looks like. So that when a forgery comes up, when a fake $20 bill comes up, they immediately know it's fake. But if you ask them what's fake about it, it may take them a couple of minutes to figure that out. They just know right off the bat, it's not, it's not normal. There's something off about this. So what does, that, what does that mean with this, Fitz? Well, when you have recruited a thousand people, you've hired a thousand agents into your team, you, when the, the more that you have hired, the better the odds are of you being able to identify somebody who's different. Listen, in our world, I think in the, in the world at large, not our industry, I'm talking about the world, you just know there are some people who are different, but most people are normal. Mm -hmm. right? They're, they're normal. They do the normal things. They have the normal life. But there are some people who have extraordinary lives. And you just kind of look at the little bit of difference that we talk about, that little thing that was different about them. And it wasn't something major, but it, it, it is usually something definitive. And it, it separates them. Okay, here's an example. For me, it sounds crazy. We, we generate leads. We also have third-party vendors that, that, that produce leads. These leads are people who are interested in buying life insurance, man. And uh, it's it, the first time I saw one 20 plus years ago, I was like, for real? It's not, I don't have to cold call a door knock. I'm not knocking on somebody's door. This person wants me to call them and wants me to sell them insurance. So I was having a conversation a few years ago with a buddy of mine. He said, what's the hardest thing you've got in your business to do? I said, the hardest thing for me is to get somebody to do the work. 
they're going to they're going to talk about I don't get the support or I need product training. I'm like, can you make dials? Can you call somebody who's asked you to call and go sell them what they asked to buy? It doesn't sound like that should be a thing. But when I've got somebody making dials, I suddenly want to invest in them. Does that make sense? When somebody is when I have an agent that's showing up on my team call on Monday nights, when they're showing up and I see their face and they're engaged and they're c communicating and they're shooting me messages during the week and, and we're talking back and forth and we're, we're, we're coaching about what's going right, what's going wrong, and they've got the little tick marks of dials they're making, appointments they're booking. Maybe they're not closing things yet, but they're, they're definitely moving. That's when you invest in somebody. You don't invest in somebody who talks a good game. We hire salespeople. They should all be able to talk a good game. But you don't invest in the talk. You invest in the show. You invest in, in the results. You invest in the work. You invest in the effort. You don't invest in, in the, how good they look, mm -hmm. right? I don't care what their picture looks like. I care about are they doing, not are they talking about it. That's how you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and when they do, man, you see it early. Winners win early, a mentor told me 20 plus years ago. So when you see somebody winning by making dials, when they're winning, that's somebody you need to reach out to and communicate. I was talking to an agent just the other day and he's like, I, I, I wish I could talk to you more. I said, you, we would if you were working. <laughs> like you don't do anything and I've got friends so we can talk, we can go hang out and have a beer if you like. But when it comes to work, I've got to spend my limited resource of time in those who are working. I can't steer a parked car. Mm -hmm. But the car that's rolling, man, oh, we can put some gas in that thing and drive the heck out of it. Right. Right. And we're talking about, right, how to make a strategic decision, how to know to invest in a new recruit. Mm. How, how do you, a, a, strategic, a strategic decision means that I am making an investment, which implies there will be a return mm. versus just spending money. Right. So how do you decide how often, how often do we invest in our business? How often do I buy new leads? How often do I uh, uh, spend money to attend a meeting? How often do I maybe run an ad, you know? And here's what I'm gonna tell you, is you cannot do everything well, but you need to do one thing well. Mm. So sometimes what we'll see is people will invest in this business um, and it turns into a spending, not an investing, because they're so busy doing so many things, mm. whether it be they've got several opportunities they're doing, whether it be that they're just um, too busy in their everyday life, and they just think it's like, it's not fairy dust. Like you don't sprinkle money and fairy dust and poof, you know, magic <laughs> stocks appear and now we're climbing into the next heavenly realm. That's not how this works. So you cannot do everything well. If you're going to plant an investment and you want it to be an investment and a return, you have to do that one thing well. You've got to manage it. You've got to be focused on it. Look, and you cannot quit. Mm. There are, we live in a big city, Metroplex. So like if I were to go home right now, there's 20 different routes I could take to get home. Sure, there's one that might be the absolute fastest, but w all of them will get me home. When you're making an investment, you can expect that a lot of times you're going to find the fastest route home. You're going to first do a few detours and a few wrong turns. And, but if you're getting there, that means that you're managing your investment. Mm. And, then, and the more you invest, the more quickly you learn to get that return. So 
what we find in this business, though, is a lot of people do lack the focus and the commitment to the investment until they see their return. And even people who saw it in one area of this business, they might lack it in another area. And the best analogy or word picture that I can give you is it's a lot like taking a magnifying glass and trying to start a fire. Mm. And too often I see people who have a magnifying glass and they're, you know, they're, they've got it lined up. They may line it up with the sun and they're getting that ray in the right place for a period of time, but they, they quit. They move it too soon and, and they never see the smoke mm. or they see the smoke and they quit and they never wait for the fire. Mm. And there is an intense focus that it requires to build a business. This is not something you can play around with. This is not something that you can allow other distractions to come in. If you want to be successful in building your own business in, in any way or in an insurance business, look, I've, we have friends that have built businesses in all other arenas. Yeah. They all have the same story. Yeah. The sacrifices they made, the places they came from, the places of desperation, the things that they did after hours, everything that they did, the full-time commitment and focus it took to get a business off the ground. There is a reason that most businesses fail in the first five years. It's because very few people understand the principle of how to do one thing well. Another strategic decision that, that I know I had to figure out was when to rest and when to work. Um, that was tough. And, and listen, I know there's some people who have super high energy. I've always felt I'm kind of one of those. I don't sit for very long, even at the house if we're sitting. I feel like I got to get up and do something. I'm, I'm constantly, I feel like I'm constantly just doing, because I just, I am a higher energy person. I'm married to a lower energy person. And here, her energy is like, but... But physically, I require my full eight hours of sleep, people. That's physically, what he's she, trying to say. <laughs> she's not as I, I've when we first started dating and got married. Like I I'm, was routinely on two, three, four hours of sleep a night. No big deal. But but what I started realizing about myself is I was working so hard. I was wearing out. Um, and I, I remember I remember hearing um, uh, somebody once upon a time. I don't know who originally said this quote, but I'd rather wear out than rust out. You know, rusting is when you're sitting around doing nothing and, and you just rust and you just, you know, decay versus wearing out. And I, I, I remember hearing that going, yeah, man, I, I want to wear out instead of rust out. And I thought, you know, why does it have to be one of those two choices? Why can't you just keep going forever? Why do you have to either wear out or rust out? I, I feel like I could stay well maintained. I could, I could, you know. I'm thinking about a bike rusting. I could, I could, you know, oil the the chain, and I could, you know, replace the tires when they need it, and, and pump them up, and and maybe I replace the grips on the handlebars sometimes, and you know, maybe I take it into the bike shop and get a nice little tune-up, and I could ride that bike for a long time if I take care of it. Now, if it, I've got to use it, and I've got to take care of it, and that's for me is what I had to do when it comes to resting and working. First off, uh, people ask me like, how do I budget my money? I go first, make money then let's figure out a budget, right? So don't try to figure out how to rest if you're not working. <laughs> right. <laughs> First, let's work. Then let's figure out how to work in the rest. And uh, the best thing I can say about it for me is I plan it. Mm -hmm. I plan it. And I, I, we're not one of those couples that has weekly date nights. You know, I, every time I'm talking to somebody who does, I'm like, oh, we should do that. But I feel like for us, 
as a as a married couple, we've been married so long now. At this point, we kind of know when things aren't gelling between us and we need a break from the kids. We need a break from work. We need a break from our friends. We just need to be us for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, we'll go stay, go, go away for a night and just spend time just together alone away. I'm kind of that way. Sometimes I'm, and, and, and I feel like I have uh, somebody here as a partner that can see it about me. Like you need to rest and okay, I'll rest. But right now I got to work and I'm going to plan that rest for next week on this time at this date. I'm going to take this day off or I've done sabbaticals where I've taken a, a week off and I've been at home and we've sort of been working, but I've not been in the office and dealing with the day-to-day minutia that you have to deal with. So for me to, to balance the work and the rest and be able to continue lasting, I have to plan it. I have to put it on my calendar or I'm just not going to get it done. Right. I think one more little tip I want we want to talk about um, when it's deciding between rest versus work. First, you got to plan it. The other thing is um, the reason you plan it is because you can't be guided by your emotions or the way you feel in the moment to determine if you're going to rest or you're going to work. Mm. Um, but one little tip I want to tell you is sometimes I know for me, I have certain days um, in my life where I can literally, I just feel like from 5 a.m. in the morning till 10 p.m. at night, based between work and the kids' schedule, I can have appointments and things to do the entire day that go back to back. And I can look at a day, at, like if, I, if, if that were my day tomorrow, I, I can already feel overwhelmed and stressed. Or I can have a day where I actually don't have anything booked and I have all of this free space to go get things done. I mean, I might have a list of you know, 40 things to do, but it's not scheduled. Hmm. And what I've learned for me in between those two days is I've had to learn the power of a little bit. Mm. Because sometimes when I'm overbooked for a day, I need to recognize that it's okay to just stop for five or 10 minutes and close my eyes or distract my brain or take a minute. And that the five or 10 minute break can give me the energy I need to keep going in that full day. Mm. I also know on the days when I don't have anything planned, it can be really easy to fall into these lulls where I'm really not doing anything and then I don't want to do anything (laughs) and it hits me so hard and I've realized to challenge myself, just go do a little bit of work. Like go get going on 10, just commit to 15 minutes of you know whatever it is that I need to get done that day and usually it'll kind of kick in and I get going and I'm ready to do more but if nothing else at least I did 15 minutes I maybe do something else then I come back to it again and it's the power of a little bit that can at least turn a day that may have been a nothing kind of day into I actually got something done today there's a power in a little bit Mm. um and so i just challenge you sometimes when you know you need to push one way or the other to just commit to 5 10 15 minutes of rest or work whichever it is that you need and um get that done and just see it makes a difference i promise yep hey we really do hope that our thoughts and questions and suggestions maybe help you make better strategic decisions and helping you maintain your focus yes and hey now that you know you know. know.